Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Westling, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness, as we are here to react to the um, Phil Knight Invitational over in Portland. We will react to all three games, obviously, give our overall thoughts on the tournament, um, how we felt you know, the team did, etc. Um, quick little thing about um, North Dakota, and maybe I'm not sure if everyone listened to the TCU preview and honestly if you didn't I don't really blame you Uh, we did throw in a little thing about Milwaukee so I think we can probably open up with that and I'll let Brandon take care of that Um, but yeah obviously Iowa State goes two and one uh, as the runner-up in the Phil Knight Invitational um, defeating Port sorry defeating Villanova and then previously number one ranked um, North Carolina and then obviously losing to now ranked uh, eighth UConn, but we will quickly touch on Milwaukee first, so I'll send it over to Brandon. Yeah, as I mentioned in that TCU preview, which was pretty, I think it was one day after the Milwaukee game, so it was fresh. Yeah. Um, that game was pretty predictable going into the Phil Knight tournament. You're looking ahead towards a matchup with Nova. What would be two Final Four teams from last year. Yeah. So, I think it was pretty much expected to be kind of a slog of a game and it was the only thing that I really took away from that this game was Milwaukee was the first team all season that didn't guard Tame and Lipsy at the three-point line and I think we're going to start seeing more and more in that as we go because he has not made a three-pointer all year and he hasn't really tested anything from mid-range so I think the biggest step for him coming out of this Milwaukee game was just find a floater and we saw a little bit of that in the tournament but other than that I mean nothing really changed in the Milwaukee game besides Kalsher's hip injury which he bounced right back from four days later so that's all I had from that game yeah so with that um going off of just you know Gabe being able to bounce back we will start off with Villanova obviously Iowa State's quarterfinal matchup um as Brandon noted one of the final four teams last year um, Iowa State won that one, 81-79 in overtime. Um, that game should not have been in overtime for sure. Iowa State controlled, I think, was a 16-point lead at the most um, early on in that second half. Um, but, you know, I think there's going to be a over- overlying theme in terms of just rebounding the basketball. They didn't do terrible this game. Um, they out-rebounded Nova by one, 37-36. Um, but certainly this team, and I think this is something that we'll kind of touch on, um, at the end of the episode, just kind of what we think this team needs to do to improve and get better going into St. John's and Iowa. Um, but certainly it was a good game for sure. I guess what I was just going to try to say was, uh, just rebounding and offensive glass specifically, but again, we'll touch on that later. Um, but you know, I thought it was a pretty solid game, um, Oshun's best game for sure, and we had one of the Gabe Kalsher games. Yep, and I think, especially with this tournament, we just saw how good this team can be when they have one of their shooting guards go off. Yeah. Because you saw Kalsher in this game, we saw Grill in the next game, and that just opens everything up if you have a guy that's hot that night. And then you see kind of the opposite thing in the last game, but, I mean, yeah, Kalsher played 35 minutes, we didn't even know if he was going to play going into the game, so he's clearly healthy. Um, super tough because he got banged up a little bit in the beginning of the game that kind of got overlooked. He was subbed out for one or two plays. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Oshun showed up. They didn't really have a big that could match him pound for pound or inch for inch, and that showed up well. We haven't had a guy like that in a very long time, as we've mentioned in the previous episodes. Um, I don't know. I think this game was really just kind of a teller that we could play with North, North Carolina in the next game. Yeah, and I think while we're on, you know, Shun, I want to talk about the other two bigs. Um, Burt had 10 points against Nova, five rebounds, um, a block, um, only two turnovers, so, and two or three from the free throw line, and if you know Burt from last year, that that's a big step forward. He uses every piece of the rim possible, but <laughs> as long as it goes in, don't I don't care. care. Um, but no, I mean... I felt, you know, he kind of... You're not really going to see a whole lot of points from Ward. Um, and even, like, his stats don't look crazy good this game. But Ward is kind of a guy where his production won't really ever show up on the stat sheet. I mean, sometimes we'll get the rebounds and steals. But um, I think they have a good rotation with the three bigs. I think it's going to be a little interesting. It's still very similar to what we've had in the past. We haven't really had the... Um, I mean, like, we've had the height in Shun, but it wasn't necessarily, like, you know... And I'm not trying to pick on Condit, um, but he wasn't, you know... I know he loved Iowa State, right? But he still wasn't exactly what we needed at that five spot. He didn't really fit the Prome system, and he didn't really fit the Ott system either. Yeah. So he was a strange player, and now he's out there drilling threes in the Puerto Rico League. Which makes no sense because he Good couldn't for him, hit a shot from the I elbow. Mean, yeah. I don't know if that was a system thing or what, but Ward is definitely an interesting piece to me. Him and Watson seem very similar to me. Yeah. Watson's a little more undersized at that three or four spot. Sure. But they're both just pure energy guys. They play their role really well. And for them on offense, it's just don't screw up and get a turnover, which is what we saw a little bit out of Watson in the UNC game, which led to him only playing two minutes. Yeah. So... Just the overall thing, um, I guess, in terms of the bigs, and then we'll kind of touch on Gabe, and then we'll move on to North Carolina. But um, I think it'll be really good um, because we did see throughout the North Carolina game and a little bit of the UConn game where we had foul trouble, but Jazz was never in a position where he had to be on Baycott or um, I don't remember his last name, but 21 from UConn. Yeah, it starts with an S. Brandon can get it for us, but I think overall a really big thing is we have three guys who can play the five. Um, so I think that's going to be really, really big moving forward for this team. Um, but that's all I really have on the bigs. Um, we can quickly touch on um, Gabe, and then we'll move on to North Carolina. Um, but Gabe had 23 points against Nova, um, shooting 8 of 19 from the field and 5 of 15 from 3. Um, now, I still, like, I get he was feeling it, but 15-3 still feels a, like a lot. So it's different if you're at, like, 10 at that point, but 5, five for 15 still isn't great. And I don't want to, like, go after him because, you know, he did have 23, and it was a big reason Iowa State was able to win this game. But I would certainly say, even when you're hot, chill out a tad, um... But, I mean, Brandon alluded to this. When this team can have Grill or Kalsher explode from that shooting guard position, this team is in a really good spot. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much all you get out of those guys is a random 20, 
30-point outburst every four or five games. Mm. So, I, and we said it in the very beginning of the season before we even see, seen this team play, it's just finding consistency. We haven't seen that so far, but, I mean, if we get if we get 33% from Gabe consistently, that's great. Mm. The problem is he feels like a guy that's going to shoot 15 no matter if they go down or not if he's open. Yeah. And I think... One it's of, not necessarily like terrible, but no. And for him, it'd be really good to get him going in the mid range and slashing, just to get his confidence up before chucking up ten threes. Mm. But I mean, when you're making them, you look really good. And uh, he only took four more shots other than three pointers, which I want to see that go up a little bit. He played really hard. Obviously, fouled out at the end of the game there, which really hurt defensively for a little bit. But yeah, a really good game from him and. I think he was kind of the catalyst to keep this team going even when they were giving up a lead. Yeah. Uh, but that will be it for the Nova one. Obviously, again, Iowa State won that one, 81-79 in overtime. They improved to 4-0 and at that point. Um, next day, they would face the number one ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Again, they were in the national title last year. Um, and brought back a lot of those pieces. Um, still probably one of the more overrated teams in college basketball, and I don't want to take anything away from Iowa State's win. Um, and, like, Alabama's still a really good team. But I feel like even dropping all the way to 18 now in the current AP pool is a little harsh. I don't think they're they're that bad. Um, they're still a really good team. But, um, yeah, so I guess we'll start with um, – well, I guess we got to start at one spot – uh, fire up the grill happened, um, <laughs> 31 points. He was 7-11 from three. See, that's, like, acceptable, right? He was 7-11, of 11, hit two more threes in game, and still shot four less. Like, that's, you know, that that that's where you should be at. And I know that's not going to change for Gabe. Um, but, man, grill was insanely impressive. It was just, it wasn't, like, threes, two. He had a couple, like, just he'd come off, catch and shoot, like, deep twos and it was just like they shouldn't go in but they did it was just he has a game where if he knocks down like his first two or three good luck because he's just not gonna miss um so he had that game you'll never see that happen at hilton it's only on the road i like to call it kansas game grill (laughs) you've got neutral site calcher and kansas game grill kansas k-state just state of kansas state of kansas um, but no, uh, he was he really good. Um, him and Jaron Holmes, probably the only reason Iowa State wins that game. Specifically, more Caleb. Obviously, that the biggest shot was um, to tie it at sixty one. Um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but North Carolina opened. I think they had like seven point lead with four minutes to go, and Grill was a big uh, part in closing that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Grill was obviously amazing. Going on to Jaron Holmes, he had 22, um, 8 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Um, You know, I thought a pretty good day from him as well. Um, I think this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning, especially after, like, week one. It was kind of – we may not get the same thing as IZB, but he's going to be the closest thing for this team, and we're going to need him to be as close to IZB as possible um, because this team is just very, very streaky offensively, and you saw that against UConn. Um, 
But no, I think he was really good inside. Sometimes it feels like he puts up some forced shots or dribbles too much. Um, but if he can kind of correct that a little bit, I think he'll be really good for us. Yeah, he's the only guy that can game in and game out, create his own shot. Because obviously you saw Grill in that UNC game, and he just can't miss. He has those games every once in a while. It probably won't happen for another 10 games. Yeah. And that's fine because you don't look for Grill to be a three three-point guy game. So, yeah, Holmes is going to have to form into sort of a semi-Brockington. It's a lot to ask. He's not nearly as efficient as Brockington is. Obviously, this is a really good game for him, and he's still 8 for 17 with four turnovers. Mm. So, I mean, or eight or four fouls, two turnovers. He's, I don't love him at point guard. I think he turns into a sheer Bolton type where he tries to force things down the lane a little too much, and he needs to pick and choose his situations where he's finishing over bigs versus not kicking it out to a shooter when possible. Uh, that'll come with time, and that'll come a lot sooner rather than later, especially once we play a team like Iowa and St. John's, who have bigs that can stop you and rim protect a little bit, whether they're actually Armando Baycott or not. Yeah. I mean, Chris Murray had 31-20 and 20 tonight. So, By the way, this is, you guys are hearing this Wednesday. It's very late Tuesday night. Yeah, so you're going to have some tests coming up. Um, I think he's going to continue to grow and hopefully can become a little more um, efficient at that point guard spot when he's put there because as of right now, he's the only guy that can kind of play that point guard too when Taman goes down with foul trouble, which we've seen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, last guy I want to touch on in terms of Iowa State, I'll do, we can do a little coverage on North Carolina. Um, I guess you didn't really mention this. I don't want to take... I don't want to like be taking away any of these wins of Nova or North Carolina. Um, Nova is still without their best two players, and you kind of see that with you know them losing to Portland. So it was a rough tournament for them. Um, but these wins, even though these teams are struggling right now, these will look really, really good by the end of the year when you're making a case. If, it, if this team does um, maybe lose, I don't, I don't think they'll lose three non-cons, but we can – there's definitely three now – there's two there's two losable games now for sure or I wouldn't say losable but just 50-50 games and so the most this team will have is three losses in non-con so just if this team is potentially on the bubble they're going to have a couple really good wins in North Carolina and Villanova cuz Nova will when they get those guys back will heat up and you know North Carolina is going to be fine um and I'm sure Iowa State will grab plenty more quad one wins but just if thing to note about that but back to what I was saying last guy I want to talk about is Bert um although there's plenty of times gonna laugh at him like I love him but I don't I it's it's such a love-hate relationship um I mean there's nothing I have against him it's just sometimes it's, you know he thinks he can take on Armando Armando Baycott and he just throws up the most stupid looking shot ever but I can respect it he played him physically out of all the bigs, he he played Baycott the most physical, um, and I will never get the image of him flexing on Baycott out of my head. <laughs> oh, it was awesome, and he had to step up into that role because Shun had two fouls in the first 90 seconds of the game. Yeah. So he was limited all game, and I think Burt honestly ticked him off. Yeah. And that should not happen, but Armando Baycott was very underwhelming to me. 
he wasn't physical at all. He didn't seem to want the ball on the offensive side, and no. that would have killed us if he would have just been given the ball in the post every single possession, especially with the foul trouble we had. But I think Bert, that was one of his best games in an Iowa State uniform. He took on uh, All-American, preseason All-American, and pretty much shut him down. I mean, what did he end up with? 13, 13. I think, yeah. um, I mean, three of those were free throws, so. And um, Bert went over one from the free throw line. Bert had 10 points. So you take away Baycott's free throws, and those two were even. So. I mean, that he, incredible game out of him. All the bigs really chipped in there, doubling the baseline. That's a team, complete team effort. Not just one guy stops a guy like Armando Baycott, but he was definitely the guy that was at the lead of that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for Iowa State. I guess you'd be kind of touch on Baycott. Um, obviously, R.J. Davis, 15, which would have told me he's a leading scorer, and I would have said he would have had a good shot. Um, Caleb Love, 12. So in all honesty, like, they took out Baycott and Love, only 25 from the two of them. They did exactly what they needed to do to win that game. Um, and luckily enough, they had the Caleb Grill game yep. to figure that out or to help you offensively. Um, you knew they were going to – North Carolina was going to score. Yeah. So you had to score with them a little bit, which is something you were afraid of going into this game. Going in, I was thinking we were probably going to be in it until about halftime and we'd have our infamous – second half 10 minute stretch where we don't score yeah that just didn't come across because grill was on fire uh north carolina shot 16 percent from three you're gonna win a lot of games if you hold the opponent to 16 percent from three and obviously if we're making 45 percent from three you're gonna win nearly every game and that shows up especially against the number one team in the country yeah um but we get to now the final game um, obviously, the championship for the Phil Knight Invitational against the now eighth-ranked UConn Huskies. Um, really wanted the 2014 revenge game. Um, unfortunately, it completely followed the path. You beat North Carolina in a great finish, and then just you lose to UConn. But it is what it is. Um, to be honest, though, like take this game with a grain of salt. Um, at the end of the day, they played three games in four days. Um, with previously having a week between every single game. Yeah, and you're playing really high-caliber teams. All of these teams should make the tournament without a doubt. I think UConn is very, very, very good. I think they are by far the – I mean, it's not because just because we lost the game, but I truly believe this is a team that can make a deep run in March. They – um, they have the, I mean, and this is one thing that I'll touch on in terms of the game. Like anytime Iowa State made a run, UConn instantly answered. They would not, like, Iowa State got it down. I think maybe the lowest was four or five or something like that, kind of in the second half, and then instantly shot back up to 10. Like they just found answers. And when they had an open look into the corner for three or just anywhere, um, beyond the perimeter like they just knocked it down and they they extend the lead they played good defense caused turnovers they made it really tough on our bigs to do anything although uh shun led the way for us at least for 14 but no i think uconn's really really good um so kind of don't get too mad if you would have told me we went two and one in this tournament i didn't care who the wins were i would have been really happy so the fact that iowa state beat nova and north carolina uh, you can't complain whatsoever. It would have been cool, right, to win it and get mm. three big wins. 
but two and one is more than what we expected. So yeah, I think going in, you were looking at either one and two or two and one. Yeah. So having that shot at three and zero was just special. I think going into this game, I definitely wasn't confident. No. I think I said before the game, I was like, this seemed a lot like Miami from the NCAA tournament last year. Yeah. Just because you have these two big wins, and now you're in this game against not even a or borderline blue blood, but not at the level of Villanova and U, or UNC. Yeah. So it's kind of a game where you're not as hyped up for, but at the same time, you should be in the game. It's a Sunday at 9 o'clock. Yeah, it's I mean, just kind of a weird setting, but yeah, overall two and one out of this tournament with no bad loss. I thought if you told me we were gonna go two and one, I thought it was gonna be Portland and Oregon on the other side or something yeah. like that. So obviously, really successful. Um, this game really just came down to rebounding, which you don't see Iowa State and the TJ Osselberger era get out physical much, but no. they definitely did in this game. I think it was just because of the pure size and strength of UConn, and all credit to them, they completely owned the paint, owned the rebounding, out-rebounded us 48-19. to They even had 20 offensive boards, so they out-rebounded <clears throat> us. If you just went completely by offensive rebounds, they out-rebounded us um, to our total rebounds. So. And that... Yeah, their offensive rebounding completely halted a ton of our momentum. And there was sometimes I felt like it was fourth chance <clears throat> points. It was, That's I mean. a lot. Um, but no, I mean, they didn't really have, like, insanely dominant performances. It was very balanced. 15, 13, 10, 10. And it kind of falls off 8, 7, 4, 2, 2, 2. So, I mean, they just, like I said, they just found ways to answer. And there wasn't anyone who specifically did anything. Um, the guy I was thinking of earlier was Sonogo, and he only had four points. He only played 22 minutes, but um, he was kind of your threat underneath. And this team did get in foul trouble, though, early, which I think hurt them just because they had to keep rotating guys. Um, they couldn't necessarily get lineups in that they wanted. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I think the biggest takeaway from this game was Taman, without a doubt, um, was the biggest positive. Um, he drove to the hoop a lot, um, put up a couple floaters. Um, he had one turnover to three assists. Uh, he continues to rebound really physically. And I think we'll kind of, we'll have some closing thoughts on the tournament and what this team needs to do moving forward. Um, after we cover this game and I'll talk about like rebounding and taming specifically, but I don't know, I was really impressed with him just being able to attack inside. Um, we know, it, Brandon was talking to me about this, like eventually there's going to be a team that's just going to sit at, like like the guy guarding him will sit at the free throw line and say, shoot the freaking ball. And he hasn't proven to do that yet, but yeah, overall this game was complete positive from him. He can make his own shot a little bit by driving. Um, now finishing in the Big 12 is going to be a different story. I think he's got a little bit of a Tyrese Hunter issue where he can't finish over bigs. Yeah. Um, but I think he just needs to develop that floater a little more. He's got a runner going off the glass that looks really good. Um, yeah, I think I'm a little tired of the Monte freshman year comparison. He's not even close to that right now. Yeah. I don't know where that's coming from, but 
uh, yeah, overall, a really good tournament from him. He needs to step up and be that guy that can get 6-10 to 10 a game. Sure. And no turnovers. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it in terms of the three games. So, um, I guess we'll kind of touch on what this team uh, needs to do going forward. Not specifically North Dakota. We'll touch on that at the very end, just because you're listening to that. You're listening to this, um, and that game's tonight. But um, I'm gonna start with just season stats, um, how everything's looking. You don't get that one game. Uh, Jaron Holmes, sixteen, almost seventeen points a game, four rebounds, four assists, three turnovers, um, forty-one from the field, thirty-six from three. Um, one thing that has kind of hurt him the most, though, is shooting 64 from the free throw line. It's one thing I definitely say to improve on. Um, but averaging 17 right now, playing three really good teams, and he didn't really have a terrible game. Um, he had 12, or sorry, 11 against UConn, which was his worst, but then 22, and I think he had 12 or 14 against Nova, so... Um, certainly again, he needs like, it's hard to ask him to be Brockington. It's hard to ask anyone to do that. It's hard to even ask Brockington to do what he did last year. Right. But we're going to need that from him, uh, going down the line, um, Shun with 11 points a game, uh, four rebounds. Uh, that's kind of a topic to talk about here in a sec. Um, Grill, 10 points, which is what you'd expect. That's really boosted by the North Carolina game, too. Three boards. Um, He's still only shooting 29% from three, even with that crazy good game. Gabe at nine points, um, shooting 28 from three. Um, Outside of that, um, Jazz didn't have an incredible offensive performance in the tournament, so... You know, his point total is kind of listed by those other games. Burt's in at seven. He's uh, so much improved from last year. Yeah. It's awesome. He actually has a post move. Yeah. It's incredible. And he's making free throws. Yeah. Man, look out. Naismith player of the year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Taman averaging five, um, three rebounds, four assists, two turnovers. So. Um, yeah, I think I kind of went through the main guys, um, at least points wise. So, um, we didn't really like, right. It's almost kind of like a keys to the game in a sense, right? I think we can kind of do this on the fly, but just maybe two to three keys on what this team needs to do to improve in the future. My first one, and I'm sure it's probably yours. And the biggest one is just cleaning up the glass. I know it was one game, but 48 to 19 is unacceptable, and I guarantee you TJ feels the same way. That's just really, really, really bad. Um, and the defense was really good for a lot of that game. It was just they found points on possessions because they were getting second, third, even fourth chances um, on possessions. And that's what lost you game or lost you the UConn game specifically was you had opportunities to plenty of opportunities where they shouldn't have scored. And when you were already in a night where you struggled scoring, um, you couldn't allow those, and unfortunately it happened. So I think that's my biggest thing. I don't want to be too harsh on it, um, but it's certainly something that needs to be improved on. And I know for you specifically, Brandon, I know you have your thoughts about Shun. So I guess rebounding not only kind of plays in the bigs, but I'll let you talk about that. Um, 
I guess one thing, and then I'll hand it over to you, was I am really impressed, though, with Taman and Grill. They feel maybe like our two best rebounders, and they're their guards. They just attack it really hard on the glass. They're very physical. They're leaping all the time. Um, so in terms of rebounding, you have to clean that up. I'm a little disappointed with the bigs, but really, really happy with Grill and Taman. Yeah, I think I say it so much, and it gets repeated all the time, but rebounding truly is an effort thing. And a lot of that comes into how you're feeling going into the game. So this 48 to 19, that doesn't happen after five days of rest. So I'm not going to try to freak out too much over that because it was one game on a Sunday night after you just played the number one team in the country. So that it can't happen again, I don't think it will. You're not going to play somebody who has two really good bigs like UConn in the Big 12. Um, Kansas doesn't have McCormick this year. Baylor's bigs are sticks kind of like ours so we should be able to match up okay um obviously once you get into that um meat grinder of a league like the big 12 is come february it's gonna have to be improved find some motivation to get in there but you look at the guys that are the hardest working at least that you can tell it's gabe jazz and Taman, and they're all the guys that are really getting in on the glass that don't even have the height to do so and then, as you mentioned, I'm starting to get a little annoyed with Shun. Mm-hmm. You're our tallest, biggest guy, and you can't get a rebound, and you are the starter. It's, it's kind of like just, sometimes he just boxes out. There's one play specifically against UConn where I think it was Gabe or someone was trying to fight through a guard um, to get the board, and Shun was just boxing. Like, he was standing, like, right under the hoop. Like, he was boxing the guy out, kind of, but just looked at the ball and was, like, watching Gabe, like, go after it. And it was it was stuff like that. Um, he's definitely an offensive piece. And so you kind of have your Jacqueline Hyde and Shun's, like, basically for offense at this point, which is kind of frustrating with your with his size. And then Ward is really not a threat at all offensively. But he has been getting good off the glass. Like, he's been... He's been, I think, the best offensive rebounder, um, and he's caused steals and chaos on defense. Um, so, you like I said, it's a very Jacqueline Hyde with those two. Um, take it as you will. The only way Ward is scoring is off of, like, oops or a free shot for a dunk. Like, that's just what you're going to get with him, which is fine. He's a defensive piece. I think him and Demarion, you mentioned that earlier, those are what those two guys are going to be for is their length and their athleticism. Um, but, yeah, I think... It's it's just so weird how, like, I mean, again, props to Burt for putting in the work and the staff for figuring out how to make him better, but Burt feels like your best all-around big right now. Yeah, and it, he's, I think he looks that way. Um, he's, I don't think it's sustainable going down the line. Uh, Shun is definitely more talented. Ward, I think he's, and he just needs to develop some sort of offense other than a dunk. Mm-hmm. in order to continue to get more minutes as we're getting a big here in 10 days. Yeah. So, I I don't know. Shun, he's purely out there for offense, and that is very evident. There's so many times he's just standing under the hoop like he's in high school and just expecting him go be tall and you get a rebound. That's not how it works against a team like UConn yeah. or Baylor or Texas Tech. They're going to make you work for it. And he's not really doing that right now, so that's going to need to improve. I'm guessing it will with TJ at the front. So, yeah, rebounding is really the biggest thing going forward. Um, 
I think the rotations will get a little interesting for the bigs, meaning the four and fives. Mm. Um, going forward, as you get Trey King right after Iowa, that's going to push Warden to Marion a little bit to try to find minutes. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of been talking about this. Just we're really excited for Trey. Obviously, we still have to see if Trey King is the hype that Trey King is, and that's nothing against him. He just hasn't played in a while. Um, and so I think what will be interesting is who gets chopped because someone does. Um, I think it's Demarion. Uh, it just kind of feels. I mean, you kind of have seen it. You saw it already in the tournament. He was getting decent minutes, you know, in the first couple games, right, against IUPUI, North Carolina A&T, and Milwaukee. But, you know, come against three power fives or, I guess, power six. Um, Big East is better than Pac-12 and SEC at this point. Yeah, basketball's a power six. But either either way, like... You saw his minutes get cut throughout this tournament, and I can definitely see him being the first guy. And then I think it'll just be kind of rotations. Ward will probably get less minutes. Um, most likely what will happen, I don't think right away, like first game back, but probably by Baylor, he starts and Jazz is a, a bench spark. Um, but no, I, I think King, you know, being eligible – and getting the lineup will really push guys to get minutes, and or maybe it breaks guys, and that might not be a bad thing. Um, this team is deep, so like come games where you're in a really big foul trouble, like whoever gets cut minutes, or just like not, like playing time at all, which Demarion kind of feels like he'll kind of be with Eli a little bit in terms of minutes. I'm mean, not like completely like Eli, but um, him and Ward seem to kind of be like the first two guys that come to mind. But yeah. Yeah, I think everybody can pretty much defend out of the group, at least to the level we need them to be, especially at the five you've got, or at the four and the five, you have so many guys there that you can play, and that's so big when you get into a UNC game where you're in so much foul trouble, you need somebody to throw in there. Mm-hmm. So having depth is never a bad thing. It's just choosing that guy, and especially in this era of college basketball where a guy like Watson and Eli King will probably end up in a spot where they're getting less than 10 minutes a game and transfer. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough conversation to have, but yeah, getting Trey King, I really just hope he can be kind of a rebounder. And then also that pick and pop four. Yeah. Hopefully he can make a three a little more, get some consistency kind of like we have with jazz right now. Mm. He's probably the most consistent guy we have. Yeah. from three-point range to this sure. point, and yeah. he hasn't even been that great. So, yeah, I think getting Trey King in there is just going to hopefully provide a spark. It's The timing of that sucks, yeah. being right after Iowa and St. John's. But um, you get him a couple of reps against low majors before you get in Big 12 play, which is good. Yeah. Um, my second thing that I'll kind of end it on this is just, you know, talking about the offense. Um this team is really the same style as last year's team. They're just way deeper. Um, so, you know, like, it's just a little less points in terms of your leading score. Um, but then I feel like you're going to get bigger productions across the board. It was really 
you know, Isaiah would be a monster. Some games, like, one out of however many, like, he just wouldn't. And that's expected. You can't expect him to do what he did every night, and he still found a way to do it. But Tyrese would have a really good game every now and then. He got to be a consistent scorer by the end of the year. Outside of that, though, like, Jazz would go to, for 20 maybe one time or Gabe, but there was never consistency. So Jaron won't put up as much. But all I ask in terms of Caleb and Gabe, we obviously saw their two hot games. And, like, obviously I want those to continue to happen, and they will. Like, they'll pop up every now and then. But we can't have games like um, UConn and North Carolina for Gabe and then UConn and Nova for Grill where you're making, like, one or none. And continue to shoot. Yeah, it's like... You know, it might be a lot to ask for consistency. I don't know if it really is, but as, like, your three-point specialist, like, five to six threes combined from them. So, like, around 15 to 18 points, um, like, between those two. And if it's specifically threes, that's fine. I just think this team doesn't have to hit a lot of threes, but if you can get, like, five from them and then, like, one from Jazz and one from Holmes. So maybe just, like, six to seven, six to eight threes a game from this team. It's probably a lot to ask for them, but it's kind of what I want. Um, and then just, like, a consistency out of the bigs. Again, not a whole lot. Maybe, like, 15 points from all the bigs combined, so mainly Burt and Shun. But I think this team overall is just... Oh, I guess one other thing is, like, if Taman could get to 8 a game, that'd be great. Um, so we'll see. I know I just kind of threw at you, like I just kind of threw everyone out there, but I, my main point is just this team is way deeper and it's playing the same style. Um, so if they're more consistent on a daily basis, their defense is better because that's what this team is built around and the transfers were more built for this style that TJ went out and got. So their defense will keep them in games. Um, you just can't have the streaky, really bad shooting days you know, we saw, I don't think it would ever be as bad as Oklahoma State on senior day last year, but, because um, that was terrible. But I don't really see this team finding that, but I can still see this team having the inconsistent night scoring. We we saw that in UConn. It'll happen, and that's natural for every team in the nation. It just hurts a little more when you're in these uh, games where you only need to put up 50 and you can only get to 35. Yeah. Um. I th- they're gonna average more points than they did last year. I don't think that's even a question. No. Just because yeah. they have the post presence, mm-hmm. you can throw to Shun and Burt down low, and they can get you to every once in a while. Yeah. Where last year, the first thing that pops into my mind is that game at Oklahoma where we just couldn't score for ten minutes. Yeah. And at that point, you need to be up by a lot of points, even with how good this defense is. It. I mean, it's very similar to the football team this year, honestly. Yeah, where it's just you're relying on them. Hopefully somebody goes and makes a play, and if they don't, it'll be a struggle. But I think you have, if we're going to keep the analogy going, you have that tight end this year down low. Sure, yeah. That can go and get you five yards or two points. Mm. So I think they're a little more reliable, and you get a piece coming in in 10 days that can provide a spark. Hopefully he can go get 8 to 10 a game. Yeah. And continue to use these matchups. We can actually overpower some teams down low in this small ball style of basketball that's kind of taking over right now. Yeah. 
I know I went on for it a little bit, but can we just take a moment to realize that Brandon made a football analogy in a basketball episode? Never did I thought think that that would happen. Makes my heart warm. Well, okay. They, <laughs> the basketball team completely copied the football black uniforms, too. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And we are already 0-1-1 in those, which is not great. Well, but they're better you, than the Grays. They are better than Grays, but you also ch- chose a poor day to debut those. That's true. Well, yes and no, it's a championship game, but I think you could have... You're always going to believe it in yourself, but you could kind of see it coming. It's nice to have a better option than the Grays out yeah, there. the Grays were terrible. When we play in those, it looks like we're playing in black and white. Yeah, no So kidding. it's good to get rid of those. I wish they would have had a little more red, but... yeah. I don't know. Still an upgrade, and almost anything is an upgrade over the Grays. Correct. It's anthracite. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> um, but we basically gave you mostly everything. There's not really a thing to preview, but, um, you know, North Dakota tonight, obviously when you guys are listening to this, and we are 15 minutes away from saying tonight anyway because it's 11.45 right now. But, um, yeah, Brandon, just toss over to you for um, what you want to – I mean, obviously they're going to win. Just what do you want to see? I hope we win. If we don't, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. They're 22-point favorites. Oh, also, sorry, bad on us for not mentioning this. Iowa State's now up to 23 in the AP poll. So. Yeah. I don't even care as much about the rankings in basketball. It really does not matter. But we're currently a nine seed in Joel and Artie's bracket. Okay. That's what I could do to look at. Yeah. I'll bring that. You can bring your rankings. But, yeah, 22-point favorites against North Dakota – 97% chance to win. Um, <laughs> if this is a game that goes into the fourth quarter, or not fourth quarter, second half, yeah. I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. But so again, this team can half. play with anybody, and they can also lose with it to anybody. Yeah, it's so, a team that, with the spottiness, it's like, it's like a football team that plays down to comp- their competition. Yeah, and that being said, North Dakota's put up points in the games they've played so far. Yeah. So it's definitely possible that this game goes late. I don't think it will. Um, we've seen this team. They play hard every single game, no matter who they're playing on what day. You're playing on a, These games are always interesting come break. Yeah. Um, but you get St. John's and Iowa coming up, so there's a little bit of the look-ahead factor. Um, I don't know. I hope we can out-rebound them by 20. That would heal a little bit of the wounds from the UConn game. Sure, yeah. Um, I I want to see somebody other than Jaron Holmes be the leading scorer and the guy that we can go to when the shot clock runs down. And we yeah, can't I don't get want it to be Shun. I just he feels too. I don't know. I don't know who you give it to. I think it's got to be Kalsher in the mid range. That's what I want to see more of because that's the most consistent part of his game. Well, yeah, that's sorry. I'm gonna interrupt you quick, but just like like you know, I'm asking for a combined you know five six threes between. Caleb and Gabe, but I say that because Caleb really can only, I mean, he can drive a little bit, and sometimes, like, he has the athleticism to get some dunks down, but, like, if Gabe can become a consistent, or at least just a better mid-range shooter, I don't need as many threes, he he can get, like, two a night, and Grill could, that kind of, like, if one of, like, if either one of them, it has a higher chance of being uh, Gabe, but... If those guys can be more consistent in the mid-range, you're not asking for as many three balls. Then it's just kind of like five three balls on the night from the entire team. Yeah, and for Grill, it's not really his mid-range. It's just his slashing ability coming from the corner, coming towards the basket, especially when teams double on the bigs. And I'm guessing we're going to see that with North Dakota. I have not watched them, so I don't know if they have any seven-footers. I doubt it. (laughs) 
Um, but his ability to slash has been a lot better. His rebounding has been a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. Gorilla has been a really good surprise for me. Yeah. Going into this game, it's just... I, You know what would be great? Having six guys in double figures. Yeah. Well, we can dream about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's possible, I mean. It's going to happen. All right. Um, Another quick thing to shout out, um, Reed Grant, who went to Johnston. He is on North Dakota. Not sure if he'll get in a whole lot, but um, definitely cool to see him up there. Um, So, yeah, I think he's number three. So if you guys see him, that's kind of cool for us. Um, But other than that, that basically wraps up the Phil Knight Invitational Reaction plus a very brief Milwaukee recap and a very brief North Dakota preview kind of so you got a lot there kind of a five game slate there I I guess so um, plans for basketball um, the rest of the way or just like non-con wise um, I think we'll probably um, we probably won't have anything really in North Dakota we'll combine the St. John's and Iowa that's a big stretch Um, then we might close it with our final like non-con reactions uh like we'll include the um i think it's mcneese and western michigan and omaha so like it i think your next episode is there's gonna be a stretch between iowa and those three but we'll probably combine them because they it's just kind of more of a we'll react to those and just the non-con overall yeah um so expect um two more episodes after this game um for um before we get to Big 12 play and then also we'll post the final episode of this um football season just a 2022 reaction um I think we're planning to get that one out on Friday if not maybe we'll get you as a little championship Saturday action um Iowa State reaction I don't know think around Friday Friday Saturday um uh but yeah you guys that's pretty much it go ahead and follow us over at side of the storm continues to be a busy time of the year even though football's done um done in terms of games um but i post every time a certain or at least a prominent player enters the transfer portal um so like for example i tweeted out when dion and mason chambers entered um also um yeah just kind of stuff like Anytime a podcast is out and we went ahead and tweeted out like when Hutch made finalists for Blitnikoff, stuff like that. So it's just Iowa State news, just all that. Another way to get it. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you guys like and follow all that stuff. It helps um, the podcast get um, across on Twitter. And then also, I don't ask for this a whole lot, but if you if you guys are willing to, a rate and review on Apple Podcasts if that's what you're listening to it on, or I think you can probably do that on Spotify too or all those platforms. That'd be super awesome for us. Just helps the podcast out. And if you guys are able to do that, we'd really appreciate it. So I know I kind of did a little podcast plug, but it's all right. It's our rules. We we can we can promote our own thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to toss it over, Brandon, for any closing thoughts before I go ahead and end it. The only closing thoughts I got is the – Women's team went one and one in their tournament out in Portland, but they lost to North Carolina, a complete collapse. Yeah, they were up 17. 17 for a lot of the game. Uh, bounced back tonight, one by fifty. Yeah, maybe that's something men should aim for tomorrow. 
bounce back with 50-point W. Well, I don't know if we have the offense to do that. Uh, you don't think <laughs> Maybe if you want to, like, send us Ashley Jones, Soares, Emily Ryan, Donarski. Yeah, well, we can maybe do that. Oh, man. I wish we could shoot three ball like them. But, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for final thoughts is they're – I don't know where they're, they ended up this week in the rankings. Looks like number eight, if that's – I would assume Current. that's probably, yeah. Um, they're, they have a really good season ahead of them. Go watch them. They're probably more exciting to watch than the men, to be honest. Yeah. They well, if you're, if you're like me exciting. and you like offense, then yes. If you're more of like a Hoiberg-era person, then yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're really fun to watch. They could be a Final Four team. Yeah. Well, you guys, that is going to go ahead and end it. Uh, once again, if you guys are willing to, go ahead and follow us at SciTheStore on Twitter. Outside of that, once again, quick reminders, um, podcast for football on Friday or Saturday. Outside of that, though, I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you're able to get to Hilton tonight to watch uh, the North Dakota, North Dakota game, have a good time. Get a walking taco if you feel like spending 11 bucks, and get a clone cone. <laughs> Outside of that, though, appreciate you guys listening once again, and we will catch you on the next one. Until then, roll clones, baby.